What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown here on a Thursday night. It's Taylor Lynch, Lewis Metzinger here with you guys as always. Lots of stuff to get into. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been with you guys, about two weeks. Um, we let the craziness of March Madness really kick in, uh, so we have a lot to get into. And boy, oh boy, do we ever. Um, you guys know how to get in touch with us here on the show. It's at The Breakdown UL on Twitter. Also, feel free to hit us up uh, on our individual accounts. It's at Taylor Lynch and at Lewis Metzinger. And be sure to check out TheBreakdownUL.com for all the latest and greatest from us. So, Lewis, what is going on, my man? Not a whole lot, dude. Um, the era, the new era of Louisville basketball is officially upon us. And I think, unfortunately, I mean, there's definitely a ton we can talk about today about that. But, you know, I think the next couple of days are going to be something really that you and I have yet to experience as um, comprehending adults. If that's the right, you're way, using so. that term loosely, comprehending and adult. Um, yeah, but no, you're fair. right. <laughs> you're completely right, though. It is. It's the dawning of a new era of Louisville basketball, and you're right. You and I, in our um, cognitive state uh, as basketball fans and as Louisville fans, have really not seen this. Um, and this is going to be Louisville hiring a new men's basketball coach. Um, when Rick Pitino was hired, I mean, you and I were young and yep. didn't really pay a whole lot of attention at the time. Um, but I, I guess, you know, we can still say that it was, I mean, obviously it was in our lifetime, but not in our, um, not in our maturity uh, as, as fans. So we can, we can say that. So this is uh this is a first for us. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. I don't think, I mean, obviously there's not a ton of secrecy to this. I mean, Chris Mack has been the dude, uh, f- from six months ago. Um, he's still the guy now. And apparently he and, um, Vince Tyre, who I believe, can we all just say he's going to be the athletic director? Like, I honestly, I don't know why it's taken them so long to, to I know. go ahead and rip that interim tag off. Uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because he's making significant <laughs> exactly. decisions right exactly. now with, with the talking to Chris Mack and and working with Walls um, to extend his contract and you know letting David Padgett go. Like he's making all of these um, these big big decisions in the athletic department and I, I don't understand why they just don't go ahead and take it off it's not like it's a secret yeah i mean i feel like that that's that's coming on monday um apparently there's going to be a meeting um where they will decide you know on the permanent athletic director uh, it's going to be vince tyree spoiler alert um so i have a feeling that 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 announcement is going to come uh on monday or it's going to come on friday at about five o'clock because that is it's, it's either going to be a friday news dump or we're going to wait and have the announcement on Monday. Um, and it'll get leaked sometime Sunday night. So that's going to happen. I think we've got that to look forward to. And uh, obviously we know that, that Vince Tyree has spoken with Chris Mack. Uh, apparently that happened um, the day before, the day of uh, Louisville's NIT game against Mississippi State, which, God, we'll get to that. Um, apparently that was a rumor, uh, or panned out to not be accurate. Uh, really? I because- said that he, yeah, he said that he had not spoken with with Chris Mack yet, but they set a meeting for uh, this weekend. Because that's where I was going next, was that they had a meeting set up for this weekend, 
And apparently, according to a CBS report, um, Chris Mack's um, agent is going to be at this meeting as well. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny that, but that's just according to a CBS uh, sports report. Um, and Chris Mack has fully like acknowledged that this meeting's happening, so it's not like it's not hearsay. I mean, he's come out and said, "Yeah, I'm meeting with them." Um, so that we have to look forward to this weekend and see what comes of that. If I had to guess, it's going to be either a joint announcement on Monday or Vince Tyree on Monday and Chris Mack on Tuesday, um, because I feel like. And Jason Anderson made a really good point as I was listening on my ride home today. Um, when something like this happens and a school announces that they're going to meet with a guy, if you know this is not happening or if the guy's really not that interested, then the school that he's at immediately comes out and says that they're renegotiating his contract. And that hasn't happened with with Chris Mack. So right. I think Louisville fans can start to kind of get excited um, about the, the idea of Chris Mack uh, becoming the next head basketball coach here at Louisville. And I think it's the right move, Lewis. I think that he is the right fit. I think his style of play is going to be fun to watch here. Uh, I, he's proven he can do a lot with a little. Uh, and he's done that at Xavier um, for several years now. I mean, this year, yes, they got beat by a, a team in Florida State that honestly had more size than they did. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. You say what you want about Leonard Hamilton, and don't worry. I fully expect them to flame out here in the Sweet 16. Absolutely. But yep. they just had more size than Xavier, and that's been an issue for Chris Mack since he's been there, is really being able to get a good big man um, to come to Xavier. So, yeah, they lost to Florida State, but I mean, this is a, a team that's they've made an Elite Eight run. They've made Sweet, sweet 16 runs before. I mean, he's proven he can win in the tournament. Um, now, obviously, they haven't won the big one yet, but that also, you know, goes back to recruiting and being able to bring in quality uh, four, five-star guys that you're just not going to be able to bring in at Xavier. And that's not necessarily a knock on the program. It's just it's Xavier, and a lot of these guys want to go play at Kansas and Carolina and Duke and, I mean, <laughs> Kentucky. But – that's the type of guy that you can recruit when you're at Louisville. So I'm excited. I have been on the Chris Mack train. I know that I mess with you about Mick Cronin, but that's more just I like to get under your skin about Mick Cronin. Um, but I was right on us getting a coach from the Cincinnati area, so points on me for that one. Um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> hey, I take them where I can get them. It's not often that I'm right and you're wrong. Um, but – yeah, so I, I'm excited. I'm excited about Chris Mack. I think that he's going to do really, really well here. Um, so that seems like that's going to be something that's going to happen soon. Vince Tyree, uh seems like he will be the permanent athletic director, which I'm also excited about because there's nothing that he has done that makes me think that he is not completely qualified uh, to do that job. And you're right, locking up um, – Jeff Walls, which seems like that's going to happen in a, a renegotiation of his contract. Um, you know, cause apparently word on the street is like Tennessee would take Jeff Walls in a heartbeat. So if, if they can lock that up and, and keep Jeff Walls here, I think that that's just another feather in the cap of, of Vince Tyree. So I think about 90, 98% of teams would take Jeff Walls in a heartbeat. Oh, no, no doubt about it. I it, think there's, there's, Two two teams that wouldn't take him. Who are your two teams? UConn and who else? I'd say probably UConn and Mississippi State. 
Okay. Maybe. Okay. Or UConn and Notre Dame. One of those two. UConn, yeah. I guess just UConn. I would go with UConn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably just UConn. Um, so where are you at on – because I feel like we've talked about it, but we never have really talked a lot about it because I think both of us were kind of afraid to say too much because <laughs> you never really know what happens with coaching searches. But – where are you at with Chris Mack? Where, where's your level of excitement with with Chris Mack? Um, well, I'm I'm definitely completely in on it, um, as you are. But I think I think he has a lot to accomplish, um, and he he doesn't have that long to do it. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles kind of this new level of pressure, because um, when it does become official. Um, his first task is, is going to be getting the current players, re-recruiting the current players that are on this team already to stick around, which I don't really think, I think if the season would have ended um, with, let's say, for example, they didn't play in the ACC tournament and, and it was it was a 2015-2016 type situation, I think he would have a lot, lot tougher of a time recruiting some of these guys to stick around. But I think the fact that we did, Get, get over the embarrassment of going to the NIT and had a couple games that that the guys were able to see um, the true fan base down in the lower bowl and and, and feel that excitement and that energy uh, moving into next season. I think we'll we'll pay dividends in keeping some of these guys around. Um, that being said, like he's still going to have that work cut out for him and and. and you know, there's a lot of unknowns there. You don't know whether Dang's going to be back. I know you don't want to back, and I'm I'm somewhat there with you. But <laughs> at the same time, like he's had his moments, and and I don't think he really has anywhere else to go. Um, but, but like getting Ray back and and getting, um, I don't know, just getting our young guys to stick around, I think is a huge task. And then on top of that, you know, we only have so many players next season, and we have exactly. no no people right now so i think it was announced today that anthony simons is in fact going to uh head to the draft good for him yeah good for him i i I hope he does very well because i was i couldn't have been more excited last summer to get to see him um play for this team but that's not happening um so best of luck in the nba hopefully um but but even guys like i don't know how long long you know how hard it would be to get Courtney Ramey to come back or if you could even do that, or if you could get um, David Johnson, I think is his name from Trinity who was committed. Yeah. I think Courtney Ramey, I I mean, he loved Louisville so much that I think that with a guy like Chris Mack, that may be an easier sell job than people think to get him back into the fold. I know David, um, David Padgett was, was very, uh, he, he pursued him, um, even after he decommitted, he, he scheduled meetings with him in a situation where you'd think like if, if it were my situation and I was not like a Louisville fan and it was my son or a family member of mine going to that school, I, I would be very defensive and not want to hear from that school at all. Um, but I think with the level of class that, that David handled the situation with, he was able to kind of get back in, um, with that family. So I, I think it's a, a possibility, um, I've been keeping an eye on 247, um, their recruiting profile of Courtney Ramey, and it's definitely Louisville's nowhere on the board. So. Where's he projected to right now? You know, it, 
I checked about a week ago, and it was a really odd team. I want to say it was like I know he had um, Kansas on there. I'm going to go ahead and look it up, and okay. I'll fill that in. But um, it, it was it was somewhere weird. But I, I just don't. I don't know. I think really you got to start with the grad transfers and the yeah. just normal transfers. I mean, you'll have if Stephen Enoch sticks around, you'll have that as your as your big man, I guess, kind of replacing Honest's role. If Spalding comes back, you'll have that. But I really think the grad market and then trying to maybe get some of the local guys to come here, I, I think that would be a huge step in kind of building his his initial portfolio here at, at Louisville, if that is what pans out, which uh, all signs do point to that. Ray is going to be an interesting one um, because y- you see like several different draft mock drafts that have him, you know, late second round, uh, mid second round, not in the draft. I mean, it, it varies depending on where you look, but I- I think it, in Ray's case, it really depends on who the coach is, um, as far as whether or not he comes back. Like I think of of all the guys that that one may be the most important, yeah, to him as as far as as who the who the next coach is. And he has said he's going to test the waters. He's going to do what Dang did last year, and Dang's going to do the same thing again this year. Kind of test it, go work out, and see what people say. Um, now I have the feeling that his draft stock will go up. Um, for Ray Spalding, I mean, when he does get a chance to work out in front of people. Um, because he has, if there's anybody that you can say in this mess of a season actually did get better, Ray Spalding in this freaking disaster of a year actually got better and improved. And we saw would, some would, of what we I wanted would go to see. Above and beyond that, he didn't just get better, he made a, a colossal leap between his sophomore and junior season. One that I didn't even think was a possibility. Yeah. I, I never in a million years, if you had told me last season, hey, you know, six months from now, you'll be tweeting every single game, why isn't Ray Spalding touching the ball every single time down the court? You couldn't have paid me money to, to believe that. Like, he made... Oh, yeah. Um, he he kind of had the... I don't even know if I would say the Donovan Mitchell leap because Donovan was not even anywhere near as good as he is right now in the pros last right. year. Right. But he, kind of that that Terry Rozier. Leap, but he still made yeah. Um, like it was it was significant. Like you could tell if you put up his film from last season and his film of this season, it's like looking at a completely different player. Absolutely. I mean, he's literally just mentality wise. Yeah. It, you would never, you wouldn't even recognize him. No, if, if he didn't, you know, if you put a mask on him, you'd be like, "Who's the new guy for Louisville?" Like, he's doing all the things we wanted him to do so badly last year. Absolutely, he's yeah. doing them this year, or did them this year, uh, and and really helped his career and helped this team a lot. Um, and I think that maybe it was a it was a cause of the circumstance that he was in. It was a reflection of the circumstance. I mean, this team needed leaders. This team needed somebody to step up and, and say, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. And Ray kind of did that. Um, now, Quentin did it as well, but Quentin's more of a quiet guy, more of a quiet leader. And I'm not saying, you know, Ray's, you know, vocal, but, like, he led by his play on the court. Um, he elevated this team when he was out there. And Q has kind of been 
the same his entire career. Yeah, he's definitely he's gotten to be a better shooter, or he he you know developed into into a better shooter. But he was pretty consistent his entire four years. Spalding was not. No, he was, he was a no. he had breakout games as a freshman where we saw glimpses of what he could be, and some breakout games as a sophomore. But he kind of seemed to regress a little bit. Um, and then, but this year, man, I'm telling you, it, honestly, I think if he was about 20, 30 pounds heavier, yeah. I think he'd be all over the draft boards. What do you make of Dang's regression? I guess we can call it this season, because I think a lot of people expected him to just make this astronomical leap and be like a 20 point a game guy. Um, and just consistently be a sports center top 10 waiting to happen. And I mean, we saw a lot of, we, we saw instances this year of really good play from Dangadel and you, you watch him and you're like, wow, that is the reason um, that people are so high on Dang. But then you saw so many instances of bad Dang Adele. And bad Dang Adele played against Mississippi State. Yeah. Th- that was the epitome of everything that Dang can do wrong he did in that game. So, I, I don't know. Is As much as we want to credit, you know, maybe some of the instability for the rise of race balding, I think we can also, can we use that as the reason for the Dang Adele regression? Um, you know, it's one of like, I think basketball's greatest mysteries as far as Louisville basketball goes. We've, we've mentioned this countless times on this show last season, you thought Donovan Mitchell is the best player on this team and it's not even close. And towards the end of the season, it was not, it was dang Adele and it, and it wasn't that close. Donovan was, was still like a, a highlight, a walking highlight reel, but it was dang that made seemed to make the big shots and the big plays. Yeah. And so going into, you know, um, the beginning of the season, he, he had some big games and it was like, okay, this is, you know, Dang Adele's our best player or whatever. And then down the stretch, it's just, he would still put up like, you know, 20 points, but we'd be getting blown out. And it's like, you're like, what is happening? And then we go up against a, a very, very talented middle Tennessee state team. Uh, that's well coached. Um, was in the top twenty-five, barely missed the tournament. Yeah, and, and thumped him. Dang scores zero points, and we yeah. we beat him. We beat him essentially by twenty-five. It got a little close at the end, like a you know to eighteen or sixteen right. or whatever it was. And so you're like, but I was talking to yeah, Bethany and I were watching the game the other night, and I said, I said I honestly wish Dang hadn't scored a point this entire game. And because he, you know, the game before we, we had no trouble at all. And he didn't, didn't score a point, only took one shot. And that's like, that was a way better dang Adele than one that scores, you know, 18, 20 points a game. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I feel like dang tried, tried very hard this year. And in most games tried too hard. And when he tries too hard, that's when the mistakes come. That's when the dribbling the ball off your foot and all of that happens. And and that's what we saw. And so I, I don't know. I don't know about Dang. I don't know, you know, what he decides to do. Um, my gut tells me he probably comes back. But 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much better. The, the reason you come back is to get better. And I don't know how much better Dang Adele will be if he comes back. I just don't. That's yeah. that's kind of where I'm at on that. Um, now, something that has been floated around that I am doing my best to not be this guy that gets involved in this kind of conversation. But this whole idea that the player that we will not name that plays high school basketball in New Albany um, is not committed yet. And there are people that think that Chris Mack coming to Louisville could be able to sway said player in New Albany um, to be coming or to become a Louisville Cardinal. I, for several reasons, do not want to get involved in this in this hype because one, I don't want to be heartbroken when it doesn't happen because it's not going to happen, and two, it's it's just not going to happen. I mean, so really, there is only that one reason. Where where are you on that? Because I know, I know you've heard the conversation too. So I'm, I was yeah, dying. This is one of the things that when we when I was planning the show in my head a little bit today, um, and by in my head earlier today, I mean like you know five minutes ago, right? Um, before we came on, I wanted to ask you this because I know that that this is one that you followed and were so hyped about like last summer. Yeah, there's absolutely no way <laughs> in any universe. <laughs> That we will land Romeo Langford. No way. And I will... Be careful. I will run, I will run naked wearing a Kentucky flag on, only on my back as a cape. I will run past the Yum Center like that on a game night if we land Romeo Langford. That is that is one hundred percent happening. So, I really if, if have never hoped that we would land a player so bad before. If we land Romeo Langford, that is what I will do. But there is absolutely no way on no. this earth that we will do it. It's just not happening. Um, there's there's too many unknowns. He. I, <laughs> We all assumed that he was com- going to come to Louisville, but there was never like he never said he was coming to Louisville. He never said anything, and you know we already had two other players of similar positions committed. Like it was a it was kind of a shot in the dark that we just all assumed was happening. No, it's just it's not no, no. Especially no. not without not with that without that Adidas money now. Oh, absolutely no. You know. Absolutely not. <laughs> gotta gotta have that Adidas money if we're getting any players. Oh God. Um gosh, there was something else while we were on this this train of thought here that I wanted to get your opinion on. And I completely and totally spaced on that one now. Hmm. If we That's sorry annoying. to wow. jump back in on No, this. no, continue, because I'm trying to figure out what I was gonna ask you. If we were able to to pull back in, one, I, I think the more realistic one would be able to get David Johnson because I don't think he's had a lot of 
other offers or um, offers comparable to Louisville. Um, and he's a local guy, so I think that's something that could potentially happen that's much more realistic. That would be huge, I think. Um, and then, you know, best-case scenario would be that you could get Courtney Ramey um, because he's still up there on ESPN's top 100. Like, he's he's on the list. I think he's or in the 30s. Um, but regardless, like, in this type of situation where there's all this turmoil and all this uh, changing of the guard and all that kind of stuff, that would be an enormous get. I did end up looking on um, 247, and he, his predictions are 50%, 52% to Villanova um, and uh, a lower percentage, somewhere in the 20s or the 30s, to Miss Missouri, which he's from Ugh. Missouri, so that makes sense. Um, and then 10% to Louisville. So Louisville, I guess, still, based on their predictions that people have made, still technically in the running, um, and I think... Chris Mack will, if he does accept the job here pretty soon, I think he will definitely make an effort um, with those guys since they were at one time all in on Louisville. But Yeah, um, and that would be huge. That would be huge. It would be, yeah. I remember now exactly what I was going to tell you. It was a story from the uh, Mississippi State game the other night, which was an absolute incomplete debacle. That was, yeah. That I mean, was that, a tragedy. Yeah, that was awful. Um, but what was great, because the game was – Basically over, you know, a few minutes into. We were down twenty by <laughs> first six minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah. Since it was over early, um, it made you know plenty of time for you to conversate with the other fans around you. So me and this guy that was sitting next to me, probably, I would say early thirties, uh, had his I'm assuming girlfriend with him, maybe wife. I don't I don't know. I didn't ask, but. Um, we're sitting there talking. There is, of course, everywhere I go, every game I go to. Now, the one you and I went to was an exception. Um, but for the most part, every game that I go to, there is the loudest person in the arena, either in front of me, next to me, or behind me. And that's even when my dad doesn't go with me. That's just like any other time. So the time I went with you, we did have the one guy like down to our left. Yes, but uh, I remember him. Yeah, but for the most part, I mean, it was pretty calm. So we had the guy behind us, and he's my favorite one. He makes friends with the person next to him and continues to tell his entire life story to said person the entire game. Um, this guy, did he did not shut up the whole time. So it's him, his two kids, and his wife. And... <laughs> so the, the the first part that got me there was a small group and by small I mean like four people in this section across from us that at some point in the third quarter or maybe it was even the beginning of the fourth quarter began to chant where's my mood where's my mood to which one I was impressed that they knew it was Mahmood and not Mahmood. So yeah. I had to give them some credit on that one. But I'm looking at the guy next to me, and I said, are these are these people serious? And he started laughing, and I'm like, you realize the reason Mahmood's not out there is because he's getting bodied by all of these Mississippi State guys because they're massive compared to him. Like, yeah. that's why he's not out there, because he's a liability at this point. And 
they kept going and kept going. And where's my mood? Well, then the guy's wife starts asking, where is Mahmood? He needs to be out here. He needs to. He, we need some length. He's long. We need some length. And I turn around and I say, "Have you seen him? Look at these guys and look at Honest. That's why he's not out there." And she gives me this look, like I have three heads. And I'm like, "Lady, he's like a pencil." And they're massive. They will just bump him around and do whatever they want. Well, well, I, I, I still think he needs to, because he's tall. He, I said, okay. <laughs> God. Okay. All right. That's fine. I'm sure you're probably going to the ladies game on Friday, too. You, you're probably going to no. go do that, aren't you? It's the women's game. But. Yeah, and they and her husband actually, not long after that, did say, you know, we're going to the ladies' game on Friday night. I'm like, throw yourself down the steps, please. Please, just do us all a favor. So, <laughs> that happened, that, that whole conversation about, uh, about mock mood uh, and why he wasn't out there. But then, towards the end of the game, me and the guy next to me are talking about, you know, Chris Mack. And if Louisville's going to end up getting Chris Mack. To which the guy, the husband behind me, feels the need to chime in and talk about how much, oh, I don't know about that Chris Mack, man, you know, he ain't won a lot in the tournament, and you know, he, he's up there at Xavier, and his, look at his tournament record, man, they ain't done much nothing, and I, Lewis, <laughs> I literally had to bite my lip, like, actually bite my lip to stop from just laying into this guy because then he started on the David Paget and just give him some time and yeah, I um, a million times. oh my god Dude, I looked at the, the guy next to me and I'm like I, I, I can't I, I can't handle him you're going to have to talk to him I can't do it anymore this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard it was the stupidest conversation I have ever had to listen to. Uh, listening to this guy rail on about how he doesn't think Chris Mack is a good enough head coach for the job. It it freaking drove me insane. And then I had to have another conversation at work with somebody who didn't, who was a, a Louisville fan, a self-proclaimed pro- proclaimed Louisville fan that had no idea who Chris Mack was. Not a clue. That's surprising. No, uh, yeah. Are you not surprised by that? No, not really. Really? He's the only guy we've talked about for six months. Yeah, but not everybody listens to as much radio and and uh, Louisville podcasts and talks as we do. Freaking get on Twitter. Other people. Well, they might not have a Twitter. Oh, come off it. Maybe. He doesn't have a Twitter. I mean, I mean, Stop. just because we check Twitter 700 times a day, not everyone does. I can I can imagine people not not knowing who Chris Mack was. Maybe not knowing, like, hearing the name but not knowing who he was. These are the that. same people that think we have a shot at Brad Stevens. These are those people. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And they go to ladies' games. Argument. And they go to ladies' games. Yeah. Stop obviously. it. God. Oh, God. All right, guys, you know the deal. It's the Breakdown Podcast here. Check us out on Twitter at the Breakdown UL, at Taylor Lynch, and at Lewis Metzinger as well. If you guys are listening on iTunes, please, please share the podcast out so that everybody else can hear what we're doing and what's going on. 
And if you've missed any episode, you can head to thebreakdownul.com and check out past episodes of the show and get caught up. So, Lewis, now that the season's officially over with, the loss to Mississippi State in resounding fashion uh, to end this thing, what grade would you give this year, given everything that happened? You finished the year with 22 wins, 14 losses, none of them to schools outside of the power conferences. You do have six losses at home, though. But given everything else that happened, how do you rate the season? Um, you know, rating questions are hard. Um, I know that's why I give but, them to you. Yeah, but given like everything that that has happened, it's it, it's one of those situations where, um, literally, this is uh, this is not like a figure of speech. If the ball bounces one or two times a different direction, your season looks completely different, and you can give absolutely a completely different grade. Absolutely. Um, and you know, if you hang on and Dangadel does not run the baseline oh. with point nine seconds left, if um, you know, if the guy I forget his name um, from Seton Hall doesn't make yes. that tough layup, um, if if Ryan McMahon can make his free throws at Miami, um, you know, if we didn't lay an egg against Florida state at home, like literally all of these very, very, I mean, it's not like we got blown out by all these. We did get blown out more times than I'd like, like, like to three remember. times, like three times. We yeah. really got blown out. Yeah. Duke blew us out. Really North Carolina kind of blew us out. Cause we could never really get back in that game. Kentucky, obviously, they played their best and we played our worst and in one of the most awful games of the season. Um, but you literally have that ball bounce a couple different ways. And I give this season absolutely an A because Cause you're probably in the tournament. On, you might not still oh, be, but like you were at one point then. Sure. Right. And, and I, yeah, I don't think you still would be, but I, I definitely, you'd be in uh, probably safely have a decent seed. Um, you'd have some huge wins. You would have beaten Notre Dame at Notre Dame for the first time in 24 years. You you would have knocked out Virginia for only the second time in three, four years. You would have, you know, swept Florida State in three games. Like, you'd have a lot going for you that that you could say, wow, uh, Pageant did an unbelievable job. Um Honestly, I still I still believe that about Pageant. I still think he did an unbelievable job. But you'd be able to like literally point to any fan that said otherwise would be out of their mind. Um, but with everything that happened and with the ball not bouncing that way and missing the tournament, and, and it, it's really hard. I honestly I want to give it a C because that's what it feels like. It feels like I mean with with Rick Pitino it's it's a D or an F season. But with yeah. Pageant I'd give it a C. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess that's what I'm going to stick with is a C. I think there was potential for it to – if you if you beat Virginia, I think it's a B plus. But without beating Virginia and losing in that fashion, I, I give it a C. That, that was long-winded, but no. it was necessary. <laughs> no, you're right, though. You're completely right. I, I'm with you. I think it's a C. Um, you had the opportunity – the thing is, for the exception of, like, 
three games, you were in every game this year. Yeah. And, you know, you, you didn't win a couple that you probably should have won. You can chalk that up to several things. You chalk it up to coaching. You can, I mean, you chalk it up to whatever you want to. But the bottom line is you weren't, like, horribly uh, outmanned on every game you played um, this year. So, for the exception of the Kentucky game and the Duke game and the Carolina game and then the, the game against Mississippi State. Which, as I say Carolina, I mean, you're right. We were we never really were able to come back in that game, but it's not like we were I think just... we got it to within six several times, but could yeah. get over that at home. Yeah, so I don't want to say that you were just completely blown out, but, you know. But you were... You they were, were up by 20 in the first half, so... Yeah, but then you came... Whatever. You came back. Yeah, and can we, like, just officially decline any and all... Um, chances to play Mississippi State in the postseason. Yes, in yes. Any, any sport. Totally okay with that. I mean, what is, totally. what is it with that, with that? I don't know, dude. I mean, like, Mississippi State came out from the jump the other night just ready to demolish Louisville in, in any way, shape, and form. I mean, it was not even close. It wasn't even remotely close. No, no. They it, looked like the faster, bigger, more athletic team, and they went nine and nine in the SEC. Like what in the world? And don't don't even try to tell me the SEC was good. Don't even. I don't want to even hear. I don't even. I'm not entertaining that for a second. Oh, you're so right, dude. You are. <laughs> it just goes to show you, dude, that like if you get if a team is hot from three, you can literally destroy anybody. Yeah. That's it's it's and that was the worst. That was supposed to be the one of the worst shooting teams in the country, and they just came out and and punked Louisville. But I mean, some of the shots they were hitting were freaking ridiculous. So I mean, you're right. When you're that hot from three, you can you can do no wrong. Um, so let's take a look, dude. Tonight's games. We got four of the. Eight games uh, of the Sweet 16 going on tonight. Uh, we start off here in just a little while. Uh, Loyola Chicago takes on Nevada. That's at 7:07 um, at 737 Michigan and A&M. Um, then Kentucky and Kansas State at 937. And the end of the night, um, Florida State will choke one away um, to Gonzaga at ten oh seven. Um, Lewis, I cannot remember because it. I don't think it's ever happened that a bracket has just completely fallen apart on one side, like the left side of the bracket has done this year in this tournament. I think that you know, obviously, when we when the tournament first started. And you looked at the left side, and in particular, you looked at Kentucky's region of this tournament. You had teams like Cincinnati, UVA, Arizona, um, Tennessee, Miami. It looked like it was not going to be a cakewalk for UK. Then you had the most historic upset in college basketball with UMBC taking care of Virginia. 
then they lose because that team. That's the best way to put it, too. Taking care of them. It was it, they were destroying them from yeah, the get go. You beat them by twenty, seventy four to fifty four. You you thump them. Um, so then and then they just run out of gas against Kansas State. I mean that's that's all that happened. Well, they were they one. were both completely out of gas. They were literally helping. They were pushing each other's wagons or <laughs> I guess cars in the gas case, but just rolling them to the gas station. And one of them just happened to roll theirs a little further. That's, that was a disgusting but yeah, basketball game. 50 to 43. Um, but then you've got Buffalo punk in Arizona. Um, you've got Loyola Chicago coming out of nowhere. Um, I mean, the bottom part kind of held together a little bit, but then, I mean, just Kentucky has a freaking cakewalk to to the the final four. I mean, they play Kansas State tonight. They're going to beat Kansas State by like 20. I mean, and if it's any closer than that, then I'll be surprised and good for Kansas State. Um, But they will punk them. And then they're going to play, what, Loyola, Chicago, or Nevada? Stop it. Just freaking I, – I have no teams that are still alive making it to the Elite Eight on that side of the bracket. Like, I had UVA and Cincinnati, uh, Xavier and UNC, and none of them are left. They are all gone. Yeah, I don't even – I don't need. I haven't looked at my bracket since the first two days because <laughs> there's no need. There was no point. There's no need. That. Um, but I, I know we both had um, Virginia winning the championship. Ha ha ha! God. Lol. Um, Virginia. I, I can't had, trust you. Uh, I had Michigan State as well. Oh. So that went well. That was a really, really good. I'm really good at brackets. So if you need bracket help in the future, anyone listening, just just get on Twitter and let me know. I'll pick your brackets for you. Um, trust me, you'll want me to. Our cousin Molly is the smartest one in the family, dude. Oh, absolutely. She's got Clemson going all the way. Which, I mean, the way this season is, may be right. Yeah, Clemson's going to beat Kentucky in the, uh, (laughs) in the title game? In the freaking national championship game. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be great, dude. Yuck. Can we retire? I mean, is it time to, not retire maybe, but stop using... The moniker of, oh, you, you never bet against Tom Izzo in March. Can we kind of oh, like please, yes. put that on the shelf for a little while? Because they have flamed out in glorious fashion the last three seasons in the in the freaking round of 32. They lost yeah, to Syracuse. They, did anything good. they lost to Syracuse, who played a freaking play-in game to even get in the tournament. And you're supposed to be... A national title contender, and you get beat by Michigan State. I mean, get beat by Syracuse. Stop it. Get over yourself. But really, who is calling them a national title contender other than me? There were a lot of people. You were not the only one. There were a lot of people that thought that Michigan State could make a run in this tournament. Well, I had them in the Final Four. I had Michigan State, Villanova, (laughs) UVA, and UNC. Yeah, UNC played a great game the other day. That was awesome. They're really good. <laughs> what is... What was that? Dude, what has been, for the exception, because obviously everybody's is going to be the UMBC win over Virginia, um, but 
that game aside, what has been the one that has just kind of stunned you the most um, out of out of the games we've had so far in this tournament? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, probably. I mean, Nevada's comeback on Cincinnati was pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, that was impressive. But then again, McCronin's terrible as a coach, so I wasn't surprised at all. Um, UMBC's an obvious answer. Loyola Chicago was a super, super trendy pick the whole tournament. Yeah. Um, so I'm not that surprised, although I didn't pick them because I'm just terrible. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I Honestly, think... I, I, it's got to be UNC, dude. Well, yeah, they were they were playing the some of the best basketball in the country. Um, you know, <laughs> rolling basically beating Duke any opportunity they got, which Duke is probably arguably the most talented team in the country. Yeah, uh, with as far as NBA talent goes, and and, and they they beat them twice this season, um, and then they just I mean. They were getting, like, how we got beat the other night, like, up by 20 in the first half without any trouble. UNC looked like they didn't know what they were even playing. They got hammered by A&M, 86-65. to Like, that's getting handled. Florida State's comeback over Xavier was pretty impressive. The fact that Leonard Hamilton did anything uh, in the round of 32 is impressive. Yeah, but it wasn't like it was a very, very slow, grindy type of comeback. Yeah, it was like Xavier just kind of made a couple bad plays, and it, it, there was some momentum type things. But it wasn't like as flashy. It wasn't like bang, 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 and they were back in it. It was just like gradual over time, and, and so it made it less impressive, I think, to the naked eye. I'm, I'm with you on the UNC A and M one, and another one that really surprised me was not that they won the game, but in the manner in which they won it. And that was the way that Clemson just dismantled Auburn. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, they destroyed them. I thought Clemson would win that game. I picked Clemson to win that game. But never did I think that they would beat them 84-53. to I mean... But then you recall that Auburn is absolutely terrible. So Yeah, they're a sham. They were, they beat always the freaking College of Charleston, sixty-two to fifty-eight in the first round. Like, no, no, Bruce Pearl, get out! You're a joke. Get out! You're a joke. You're a joke. Ugh. What about, what about Sean Miller in Arizona? Like. That's just funny to me. Like I, I, I do not like Sean Miller at all. So that's oh, hilarious God. to me. They flame out every year. This is another one. Like we need to retire this picking Arizona to do anything in the tournament. So the the Tom Izzo and March thing and picking Arizona to do anything in the tournament. These are two things that we have got to have got to just like get away from and and stop talking about because yeah. neither of them are holding true at this point. Um, how surprised are you going to be if Kentucky does not make it to the final four now? Um, I, I will be very, very surprised. I, I, it's just, it's hilarious to me because it's, it's like 
Because can cow bitches every year about their draw. Oh, of course, yeah, that's that's one reason. But just the fact that like when Lu- when Kentucky went to the NIT, Louisville won the national championship, and it was like that's like worst possible scenario for Kentucky. <laughs> Not only did they lose to freaking Bob Morris in the first round, but Louisville went all the way. But now you know when Louisville's gone through absolute hell and misses the tournament. Thank thank God we didn't lose in the first round of the NIT, but Kentucky has a literal like brisk jog to the final four yeah, and pretty much the title game uh, in Louisville's completely out. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win just based on that. What would you rather have happen? Would you rather lose first round of the NCAA tournament or play in the NIT like Louisville did? Like win the game in the NIT or win a few, just like or just play in it at all. Just play in it at all, or lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, play and win in the NIT. Let's 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 say that. Yeah, play I'd and- honestly probably rather still go to the NCAA tournament just because. Um, it depends. It depends on. I, I guess that, that that's a cheat out of it but you know if you if you get a low seed and get beat by a higher seed then that's one thing and yeah you'd rather go to the nit than than do that but if you you know if you go to the nit most places consider that like a failure of a season and i think that in louisville i think we would definitely consider that i don't know if we consider it a failure but i don't think you would can you know use that as a mark of success so I, don't know. I mean, to me, it's like I would rather go to homecoming and have a great time and then go to prom with the ugly girl. So, you know, it's kind of like the NIT is, is homecoming and the NCAA tournament's prom. Which Can you say that again? I'm talking to the homeschool kid about high school dances. Yeah, so we, I we fully expect this My to mom go. was there, but, but we have proms. <laughs> and that's, that's not a joke. I saved that as a drop. <laughs> That's not a joke at all. My mom and dad will both have all of my proms, which you go to prom every year at in homeschool world. See, you devalue prom by going every year. I said, it's, but to repeat myself, um, I would rather go to homecoming and have a really good time in the night, maybe not in, you know, the way you want it. But... I don't know. What are you insinuating? I don't, I don't know. Just... <laughs> Fill it in, okay? It's like losing well, in the NIT tournament like we did. I needed something to kind of represent that. So go to homecoming, have a good time, or go to prom with the ugly girl. Yeah, it's prom, but how much fun are you going to have with the ugly girl? I mean, it's like losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament. All right, dude. Well, I have absolutely no clue what you're talking about because I don't know what the tiers are as far as dancing go. I know. I that's know like the difference between homecoming and whatever are, but we'll see, we'll see in real high school, we, <laughs> we, have, we have homecoming dance uh, like two times a year because there's a football homecoming. Why am I having this comp? Why am I explaining? Explaining high school dances to you. We have a homecoming. In our for- new podcast, we will break down the differences between high school dances. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
<laughs> We've had some interesting conversations and on this show before. And what you at the end of each of them <laughs> raises eyebrows. Because <laughs> high schoolers fornicate too much, honestly. God. Wait, did you just... God, he used the word fornicate. I don't know. I don't know what to do with We've used we've had some interesting conversations on this show before. That one may take the cake uh, as one of the weirder conversations we've had on this show. Um, yeah, so that's basically. I think we we've covered a lot on the show. We're excited about Chris Mack. Can't wait for that to happen. Excited about Vince Tyre. Oh, side note: Bobby Petrino has a blog now. Have you seen this? There's no way he's actually typing this. No, no way. Have you seen this? I haven't seen it, but I did see someone commenting on it that he wants it to continue. And I think it's great because when Patino had a blog, like, I liked that. Um, but, yeah, Patino definitely wrote his. Yeah. No way Patino writes there's this. No, yeah, there's no way Bobby writes this. No way at all. But spring football is I right really around the corner. I want Bobby to start writing a blog, but I want it to just be everything he says in the press conferences. But really fast and very athletic. And just, like, with periods after every single, like, singular word he says. I feel like we're out here. We're getting stronger. Um, we're, it's really about us as coaches, really coaching guys up and really, you know, getting the best out of them that we can. Um, I feel like they're, they can, they get up every morning. You know, they, 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 they have a good breakfast. Um, yeah, I'm really, really happy. Really, really we're really happy. fast this year. We're really really fast. A fast. lot of lot of speed. We call it Speed City. <laughs> Got to do the awkward Bobby laugh. Awkward I'm Bobby laugh. Sit there favorite. and you're like, well, that was Bobby Petrino's update for the spring. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad though. Spring football is happening. Um, spring game is coming up in April. Um, I believe it's. April the I want to say the fourteenth, but don't quote me on that. Um, but I do think it's I think I'm. You heard it here first, folks. April fourteenth, spring game, Louisville football. I told you not to quote me on that. Ah, but it is the fourteenth. Ah, I'm a genius. Uh, April fourteenth is the spring game, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, get to see Puma Pass out there, uh, getting some work in. So games just tonight. Like we shouldn't uh, just like we shouldn't overreact to Lamar putting up eight thousand yards in the spring game. We should not overreact to Puma Pass throwing a couple bad balls because give the kid a break. Exactly. I'm with you on that one. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. Um, so games tonight, Lewis. Uh, obviously, Kentucky will thump Kansas State. Do you agree? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Hundred cats by ninety. Oh, g- g- stop! Stop! You're you're fired from something I don't even pay you for. Um, Loyal Chicago. I I'm riding Loyal Chicago. Go ahead and beat Nevada. Why not? Oh, absolutely. At this point, like one day after my bracket is just a hundred percent toast. I'm like, I hope every lower seed wins. Yes. Like give me get my coin flip bracket has Loyola Chicago and I forget the other team, but has Loyola Chicago winning the championship. So I'm all Why in. Not? my coin flip bracket still going strong. So Why not? give me that all day. Uh, Florida State choke it up tonight against Gonzaga. Yes. Actually, I think Florida State's going to win tonight. Really? 
That would be a big step for Leonard Hamilton, not blowing it in March. I just, like, listen. (laughs) Gonzaga may have made the championship game a couple years back. They might be good at a lot. There's just nothing from their uniforms to their coach (laughs) to their players, especially their players, especially. There's not a single thing sexy about Gonzaga. And I just don't think they, they don't ever impress me or. It felt like, a little weird to me. Like you emphasize their players weird. a lot. That yeah, felt a, because their players are just chunky white guys in white jerseys. Like they look like their jerseys look like the default jerseys on every game ever made. Uh, like it's just a disappointment. Like a disappointment. I think Florida State is winning without any trouble. mayo. No mayo. Oh, yeah, man. That's that's Gonzaga's giant mayo. <laughs> Michigan and Texas A and M. Um, I mean, Texas A and M. That's going to be just, a really good game. I, I think it's going to be, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's just freaking terrible. I think Michigan's going to win that game, but I mean, a, the way A and M just freaking demolished North Carolina, I don't know what to expect from them. Exactly. Because they've been that way. They've been freaking Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde all season. So I really don't know what we're going to get from Texas A&M. But but we'll see. Games again start here. uh, Just a couple of minutes. Um, I think the first one's on TBS tonight. So get your night started. Uh, Lewis's favorite guy, Greg Marshall, is on right now uh, doing pregame. So... Thank God we dodged that bullet. He's so weird. Such a weird guy. Just a weird guy. All right, guys. That's all the time we have on the show for tonight. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. If you like what you heard, make sure you share the podcast out. Hit us up on Twitter, thebreakdownul.com. We will talk to you guys next week. Go Cards. But now I know where else we're going But there's a couple things